but I'm super happy that you guys are here. We are, what are we? We're the Make It A Great Day movement. We are the suicide prevention show. We are super happy, we are super energetic, and this is super fun. Why? Because we believe suicide is serious. And suicide prevention is seriously fun because if you are enjoying your life, if you are engaged in your life, if you are surrounded by people who are enjoying and engaging their life, you're suicide proof, my friend. And speaking of suicide proof, we are about to interview Mark Bonus. Mark and I met under some really unusual circumstances and simply because he's a wonderful guy. He said yes when I said, can I interview you for this summit? So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Mark. Actually, Mark, I cannot unmute you. Welcome to tech. Um, so you unmute yourself. There we go. Um, Mark, I'd love for you to introduce yourself because your story is not something I think they're going to believe if I say it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me here and, and thank you so much for the work that you do. Uh, the reason that I wanted to jump onto this and, and be a part of this is because suicide has been such an important part of my life in terms of actually pivoting my life. So I love the work that you do and it's, it's, it's great to be here. So yes, my name is Marbonis and I, let's start at the beginning without going too far back. I'm one of six children uh, brought up in the UK, uh, now living in Australia. And from a young age, I, I was brought up in the church environment. So we went to church every Sunday morning, which was great, a beautiful community. And, but, but the struggle was from a very young age, I always knew that I was gay. Now, my sexuality and my religion were in conflict, right? Um, but um, I, I really struggled internally with that. And so I actually studied uh, theology as an undergraduate degree. I got married to a lady. Um, I believed that God could heal me. I believed that I could love somebody irrespective of their outside bits, shall we say. And I ran a Christian ministry and I was, I was speaking in churches and I, I ran a youth magazine and doing all this awesome stuff. However, um, the inevitable happened and my marriage ended. And so the night that my wife walked out, I, I saw my future as this, this dark place that I didn't want to walk into. And I, I Googled most quickest and painless way to die. And that night I attempted to take my own life. And the next day I woke up in hospital and I saw my future as this blank canvas. It, it, it was the most, it sounds ironic to share this. And, and, and I say this all the time, but it, it, it was the most incredible moment for me. Like I never encourage anybody to go through the process, but it made me realize that life is precious, that it's a gift that I'd lived a life that everybody else had told me how to live and how I should live it. And all that went in that instant. And then I came up with a crazy idea. I leased a 200 acre island in Fiji that had nothing on it, invited the world to become tribe members. I launched a global business three months after my suicide attempt because I thought, well, if I launched this business and it went bankrupt, it doesn't matter because I'm still here. There's nothing that was stopping me. And 
it was crazy. It became a TV show in, in three countries. It was actually filmed and became a TV show. It appeared in 200 media outlets. And, and, and that would never have happened if I, yes, attempted to take my own life. But the key there is the mentality that I had as a result of that situation. I made a decision exactly what it is that you do to make every single day great and to appreciate that I'm here on planet earth once and I can create whatever I want with, with that life. So long introduction, but I wanted to give the, the full story there. That's probably the shortest journey <laughs> through what is essentially the story arc. You know, how bad did it get? When did you crash and burn? What is your thrive story? That was the amazingly condensed version of what I take three days to teach at my events. I'm, I'm just okay. saying, that was great. Okay. You were a mm. husband, mm. someone in the ministry. Mm. You had an identity. Mm. And it all fell apart because it wasn't based on authenticity. It wasn't based on who you were. It was based on other people's expectations. Mm. That's what I'm hearing. So you correct me anytime that you think I've gone off the rails, okay? No, that's absolutely what happened. Um, yeah. Most of the people I work with at my events, I just did a boot camp on what's in the way of your messaging and what's in the way of your money. Mm. And what we came up with at the end was that it's all about pop. It's all about when we give our power to mm -hmm. other people especially other people's opinions, expectations, or judgments. And actually, we reversed that. We put it judgments, opinions, and expectations, and we called it an elephant whose name is Joe. Mm. Okay, other people's judgments, opinions, and expectations. Mm. And when you woke up in the hospital, mm. all of that was gone. <laughs> It was an incredible moment because it, it, it was all that pressure, all the expectations, all the, the internal endless dialogue. I just gave it all up and I just said, look to myself, I, I'm going to live life my way now. Like I really am going to live what, what I feel that I'm here for. And, you know, in terms of my story, the, it's crazy, isn't it? That the most difficult thing, and I think this is important for everybody that, that goes through this experience, the most difficult thing for me was to come out to myself. Like, mm -hmm. like coming out to my parents or friends or family, that was irrelevant. It was actually the accepting who I truly am in here that was key. I think you hit upon the key of everything right now mm. the first piece is awareness and you mm. were aware at a very early age mm. that you did not fit this mold that mm. everybody said was the only way mm. be so you were aware so awareness is often followed by attitude what do we believe about that mm. and then what did the what are the actions we take and you took the exact same actions that i did Mark, which is let's just go into hiding mm. and pretend to be what other people expect us to be. Mm. Uh, my exit from that was not as dramatic as yours, but it did involve the ending of a marriage. So mm. um, some of us have to 
accept the fact, and then the final piece is acceptance, which is where you just ended up, that we've been living a life based on other people's judgments, opinions, and expectations. And two things happened for me. One is that I realized that if I didn't make a change, I was going to get to the end of my life never having lived my life. Mm -hmm. It would have been a life based on other people's judgments, opinions, and expectations. Mm. But Mark, I just, I have to ask, because I know your story. I mean, I know about Fiji and about the fact that you gave, after you developed this island with your tribe, you gave it back mm. to the, the, the people who actually own the property. Mm. But what the heck were you thinking? I mean, you know, you, you just came out of the hospital. Mm. I, I guess I'm going to say that maybe like this old song, you had nothing left to lose. Mm. Absolutely. Well, and, and, and again, the context was that, to reiterate that, obviously I'd, I'd be, I was married uh, at the time. My Christ, Christian work was my money. It was my income. My community was the church community. Of course, as soon as my um, my the trustees of the the nonprofit organisation, as soon as the church leaders knew, I was uh, 26 years old. I was ex excommunicated from the church. My money was stopped. My uh, nonprofit organisation was taken from me. I had to live move back to the other side of the UK to live with my parents at 26 years old. And uh, in an environment where I didn't have friends or a community in that environment. So I had nothing. But when we make the decision to finally live the life that we were created to live, as you say, there's, there's joy in that. And I knew that I could rapidly, like, work again from the ground up to start again but I knew that I could accelerate faster because I was actually building my life based upon the DNA that I kind of was building upon and felt that I could achieve what I wanted to do in my life rather than all these expectations from others so yes I came with a crazy crazy idea and I just went all out with it because I just had this belief that I could achieve anything if I went to rock bottom the lowest possible place and and I think this is important because it's easy to stay at that place it's easy to feel like have that mental um um thought of well I'm a survivor of suicide or or I and have that label but actually it's it's breaking those shackles and so my rock bottom was the beginning of the foundation of the rest of my life you know, I think that's a very key point because many people are afraid of admitting that they've hit rock bottom. Mm. I mean, rock bottom for me was when I hit rock bottom, there was no place to go but up. But isn't, isn't rock bottom a life where it might appear to the outside world, but everything is fine, that everything is fine. Maybe you've got the money or like, you know, you're, you're in a marriage that actually you don't like being in. Uh, rock bottom can be what others perceive as the top, but inside you're crumbling. When you actually, rock bottom in terms of my suicide attempt was actually me stripping everything bare. Yeah. 
And that was the best place to be because then I can rebuild. There is a huge lesson here because mm. rock bottom means that you're at the foundation. You're on solid flipping rock. Mm. Whereas most of my life was built on belief systems. Um, now I call them BS, especially limiting belief systems. You know, and anybody who's carrying extra pounds on them, LBS, limiting belief systems, that's where those extra pounds come from. Um, but yeah, when all of that burned away. Mm. So you had nothing left to lose. Mm. Nothing. And you had this idea. Mm. So I just want to hear about this idea because I've heard the stories of after the fact. I mean, I know about the, that gold uh, behind you, this double comma club. Mm. Yeah. Um, but the moment you had the idea, there's in Yiddish, the word is chutzpah. Mm -hmm. There's a moment where you decide to go for it. Mm. What did you have to believe about yourself? to go for it, to make the phone call to the Fiji Islands? Mm. That's a great question. And so, yeah, I came up with this crazy idea and um, if I connect it back to the fact that we live life once, that was my realization. That was my kind of mantra after my suicide attempt. It was, we live life once. And so that's what gave me the the, not just the energy, it was the launch pad to go, if this crazy idea doesn't work, then so what? So it was just fueled with anything. It was just this anything is possible moment. And so nothing, if you can, if you can stand in the face of death and accept the fact that if I take this action, I could end my life. That's actually such a ironically an empowering choice that you can make in your mind so then if you survive that then any choice or decision that you make here on planet earth is actually an, an easy choice irrespective of the outcome right okay we call this i i have a mentor who says this is being risk averse i think the language is confusing mm. i think this is being risk impervious mm. there is no risk at this moment because no. you're alive mm. you know as long as i'm alive you know there are lots of songs that have that kind of line in it mm. uh yeah in that moment where you embrace your aliveness Mark, mm -hmm. what's happened since then how many people mm have you pulled along with you? How many people came to the, just, just physically, not mm. how many people did you influence? How many people contributed? How many people physically came to the island? So people, so we had a website and people could um, pay to be a part of the project online. They decided to say, well, power, electricity, it was an eco island. So they were building it from scratch and then they could take, they could visit the island. So over 5,000 people registered. Wow. And I think we had about just over a thousand people visited the island. I was going to say, the island's not that big. If all 5,000 had visited, where would you have put them? 
That's right. That's right. But it, it was it was part of just building this community from scratch. And and the most amazing thing I love is that out of that idea, yes, you know, we had this eco island that we handed back to the Fijians. We invested over a million dollars into the local community, which is transformational for them. But I love the fact that as a result of this idea that was in my mind that that was birthed out of attempting to take my own life, we had couples people got married as a result of connecting there were whoa, 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 whoa. i'm all about romance give me more story here <laughs> we had uh, i think last count it was four couples that got married as a result of this concept um in fact my um my sister uh she she was in the uk and she was at a university and i said look i, I need somebody to that, that i trust to go to the island because i was in the media all over the world and kind of you, you can't manage a business on a tropical fijian island so i was in the uk managing the business i said i need somebody to go to the the island and, and manage um the the people coming and the accommodation and I said, I trust you. Will you do this? Um, and she did. And her, her biggest questions at the time were, are there any nightclubs? <clears throat> and um, can I take my oh, hair straight? <clears throat> can I take my hair straighteners, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, there is that. Okay. <laughs> and so, but as a result, she stayed there. She met a New Zealand guy. Um, she's as a result she's now living in new zealand she's got three children all because of all because i tried i attempted to take my own life isn't that incredible that's the the, the miraculous from the, the the sadness right just because this is the suicide prevention show mm. i'm going to tweak one word mm. all because you survived and mm. you to take your own life Mm. Not because you tried, mm. because Beautiful. what we know now is sometimes, yeah. actually most of the time, the first sign that someone is at risk mm. is an attempt. Mm. And Mark, they don't all survive. Mm. Mm. And your story is incredibly inspiring. And I don't want anyone to misinterpret this as thinking that if I attempt, I'll end up with a life you know, the skies yeah. will part and the light will come down and I will be risk averse or mm. risk endearing or embracing or whatever the mm. language is. Mm. The reality is mm. that we would love to invite people into this experience of life mm. where they embrace life mm. without ever having to have the on the ledge experience. Mm. that you yes. don't have to walk to the ledge. You don't have to be able to mm. talk yourself off the ledge. You don't have to be able to survive the ledge to just make the decision mm. to be you, to mm. live life as you. I've got cards that I send out to my clients that say, be who you are. Mm. No one else is better qualified. Yes. It's not the message I grew up with. Mm. And it sounds like it's not the message you grew up with. <laughs> so what message would you like to send to yourself if you could go back in time and write a letter mm. to your six-year-old self when you first started to read using that language, Mark? What would you say to yourself? 
I think quite simply, I'd tell my, I'd say, love yourself and be proud of who you are. Because that's it. just the whole of my life prior to that experience um, was, was just trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be. And so much so that you're actually blinded to who you are. Right. You don't even know who you are um, because you're so clouded with all the expectations. And, you know, as you say, the judgments of everybody else. So biggest message is certainly just love yourself because we do live life once. We do live life once. For those who don't know me really well and Mark, you and I have never had a chance to really get in the <laughs> Yeah, I've got elephants. Okay. The elephant in the room. I'm known as the elephant tamer. And one <laughs> of my elephants is eclipse. This is the elephant of when you're invisible to yourself. And that's how I lived most of my life. And it was just the reality of mm the decision I made at a time I don't even remember that there was something about me that wasn't quite right. There must mm. be something wrong with me. Mm. Otherwise, bad stuff, it's my show, I could probably cuss if I wanted to, but otherwise bad stuff wouldn't be happening to me. Mm. There must be something wrong with me. It took me until I was almost 60 before I realized that that's the cry of the child. The child cannot make the adult wrong because at mm. a very visceral gut level, we know if they leave me, I will die. Mm. And it's true when we're mm. that age. Yes. So because we can't make them wrong, we start to believe a lie. And the lie is there must be something wrong with me. Mm. So for anybody who's listening, who has ever had a moment where you think that life is crappy because there's something wrong with you, I've got good news for you. That's a lie that you decided was true at a time you don't even remember. And the truth is, the people around you had bought into other lies before you were born. That's their stuff. The truth is, you're good enough. Mm. What I heard in your story, Mark, was mm. that you made a decision that you were completely good enough. You were completely creative, capable, and resourceful enough mm. to live your own life. Mm. Mm. What? All right, so the moment I decided that was pretty much a game changer for me. So yes. the moment yes. that you decided that was in a hospital, mm -hmm. what can you say to someone that might help them avoid that hospital experience yeah great question great question what would i say to somebody to help to avoid that hospital experience I, 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 it's interesting when you say about um i love what you just said about um thinking that that we are wrong and as you were saying that that something is wrong with me as you were saying that i was thinking if we could imagine imagine if we could do a survey of every human being on planet earth and ask them hands up if you feel like you or something in your life is wrong how many people would put their hand up right and okay. therefore therefore the question has to be what is normal 
what is our perception of what we think is normal to then think that we are wrong against what is normal? Okay, so yeah, my, my sister tells me that normal is a setting on the washing machine mm. and it has mm. nothing to do with being human. I live my life and my teachings on spectrums. Mm. But one end of the spectrum is there must be something wrong with me. This mm. is the cry of the child. It's where mm. we dismiss our own opinions of who we are. On mm. the other end of the spectrum is some, and by the way, on this end where we dismiss our opinions, this is called a low uh, perspective of ourselves. So it's a low energy, low self-absorption is what I call it. On the other end, someone who's high on the self-absorption scale mm. is someone who has the belief system that they are afraid there might be something wrong with me. Mm. And when someone is high on the self-absorption scale, if they're not the smartest person in the room, if all the ideas are not coming from them, they will shred everyone around them because they're belief system is the fear of there might be something wrong with me. So at one end, there must be something wrong with me. And at the other end is there might be something wrong with me. And what I found is that wherever you are on the spectrum from this place in the middle where I'm okay. Mm. You know, I'm not worried that there must be something wrong with me and I'm not afraid that there might be something wrong with me. I'm okay. From this place in the middle, however far we go in one direction, we tend to attract people mm. at the opposite from us to balance us. Yeah. So people who tend to be dismissive of their opinions will work for people who are domineering in their mm. opinions. And I see this playing out over and over. It certainly played out in my marriages. And I do say that with an S on the end because it took me more than once to figure this out. <laughs> now, not only do I have this, yeah, there must be something wrong with me or there might be something wrong with me. I also have a decision-making spectrum. Hmm. On this side are the people who are a little more intuitive. They don't need a lot of time. They make decisions faster. Um, think Microsoft School of Business, you launch the product and let the consumer tell you what's wrong with it. Yep, yep. And at the extreme is the person who's ready, fire, oh, aim. Mm. That's me. Mm. On the other side are the people who need a little more time. They have to think about it. They have to ponder it. Yeah. Mm. The far extreme is analysis paralysis. Mm. That's right. And that's my guy, Mark. Mm. On a good day, we pull each other to the middle. Yeah, right. On a not so good day, it's gentlemen, <clears throat> take your quarters. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same, I think, with this discussion about am I dismissing my opinion or am I domineering with my opinion? Mm. Do I think that it's, you know, I, there must be something wrong with me or am I afraid there might be something wrong with me? Mm when you decided that there was nothing wrong with you and you came into the middle without needing anybody else around you, Mark, mm. what you did is possibly a guidepost for everybody in the world. Mm. So just 
yeah, we've got a couple more minutes. Go ahead and just share what the heck happened next. Mm. Just on that, just briefly, mm -hmm. uh, because we talk about okay or not okay. And uh, the real moment of transition for me was to abandon the okay or not okay and to to be so comfortable with being perfectly imperfect like i've got my flaws i've got my quirks i've got my uniqueness you know and as we all have but it was actually like when you come from um the, the perspective of um your sexuality being you and people telling you that you are wrong and i don't just mean simply in terms of my sexuality but simply saying whoever i am whatever my quirks are you know i'm very um um uh, almost kind of almost ocd in that everything has a place and it has to be in that place and my my partner will just leave stuff on the floor and and i just go insane because that like why is a jacket on the floor but but when you come to terms with well this is just who i am just enjoy who you are then you stop worrying about what is okay and what isn't okay and what's normal and what isn't normal and you just enjoy life and I think that's the, 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 the moment of transition in my mind for me to, to then taking it to the next level. So now um, I, I, to go back onto that beach, um, I, I was on this beautiful beach in Fiji in a hammock and I was lying there thinking about the moment that I was on Google and, and Google quickest painless way to die. And, and, I, and I realized that I, I Googled something negative. I, I didn't Google counselor, life coach, psychologist. I Googled something negative and then I made a decision that I was actually going to sell my shares in the business and I committed myself to helping coaches, consultants, life coaches, anybody that was, was set to help people to change their lives, to help them to build their tribes so that nobody ever could ex experience. That was the goal. If I could eradicate anybody experience what I went through, then it would all be awesomely worth it. And so now um, I have a Facebook group called We Build Tribes. There's 33,000 people. Um, and I teach 33 people. 33 and one, because I joined. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. So, um, but empowering people who want to help people to really reach them, that's now what I de dedicate my life to. Oh, yeah. What if when somebody Googles the quickest painless way to die, they actually got a help site. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't the world change mm -hmm. if when we Googled our most helpless thoughts, we got this ray of light, this possibility? Awesome. Because yeah. I'm a firm believer in the power of possible positive outcomes. That's mm -hmm. the way of the advocate. That's the training course that I do. It's mm -hmm. If you are willing to believe in the power of possible positive outcomes, mm. if you're willing not to give up on yourself and not to quit on other people, mm. then you're an advocate. Yes. And Mark, when we met, I mean, we met, I mean, it was like, you know, we were both in a mastermind. You popped in, you gave an introduction. I, I had been in once before and I'm like, who are you? I had no clue. And I'm like, you sound like you would be fun to interview. Would you come? And you're like, I can't. It's this weekend and the time zones. And I'm like, for you, 
I'll make an exception and we'll do it recorded because for everybody who's used to me doing everything live, yes, this is Memorex. I'm dating myself. You don't know Memorex probably. No. <laughs> no, sorry. All right. All right. So for those of you who know Memorex, you can put a comment because we're not old. We just were paying attention. That's my theory and I'm sticking to it. So, Mark. Because you are willing to talk about it, mm. I knew that on this show, mm. people would be willing to listen to your message. Mm. So my commitment to you is that it's not just going to be on the Suicide Prevention Show. I'm going to pull this episode out and I'm going to post it multiple places because what the moment that you decided to be in the middle of your own life, mm. that you decided to accept yourself, that you decided to accept reality, that you, my art, my thing, you stopped arguing with reality. Mm. That's right. What happened for you? My life changed in, in, in the most incredible, profound and crazy ways you know not just in terms of fiji um i i, I met my i met my partner um in in a, in a bar in london um that led me to moving to australia um and the reason that i couldn't be live is that this weekend we're celebrating 10 year anniversary and it, it was just incre incredible and uh, but I like to bring back what you said. You, you you don't have to. We're not suggesting that you have to have this, you know, near death experience in order to for life to be crazy, uh, uh, like crazily awesome. And we're not saying that you know if you have a suicide experience, then you build a multiple seven figure business like I have. And that's all irrelevant. The point is that wherever you're at in your life now, you can make a decision that your life can be exactly as you choose to create it to be irrespective of expectations, irrespective of the judgments that other people might have on you that you may have on yourself. And, and this is why I wanted to, to, to do this show because I love what you do. You make a decision every single day and, and that's such a beautiful premise and philosophy. And I just want to inspire people that whatever my story is for me is incredible. But now's the time to write your own story based upon the decision that you make today. Awesome. Oh my God. I loved it. Crazy. Awesome. Start where you are. Mm. It doesn't have to wait another second. It starts where you are. It's a decision, right? You know, for people who don't know that, belief systems are nothing more than decisions we made at a time we don't even remember. For people who've never gone on this path, so they don't know that the beliefs that they hold about themselves mm. are choices. Mm. So we tried to mitigate that. We tried to make it easier. And that's why the book is make it a great day. The mm. choice is yours. And so we, we will continue to publish volumes of this as people submit stories to us. The bottom line is for everyone watching, mm. what if you could decide? What if your life 
was up to you to choose. What if you really could simply choose that it was beautiful? And I'm going to say that beautiful does not mean it's not messy. Mm. Right? Perfectly imperfect. Yeah. Um, there's somebody who said that done is better than perfect. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. The brain will not accept better than perfect. The mm. brain knows that perfect is perfect and nothing is better than that. So here's what I invite you guys to do. Whatever you have done up until this moment, just judge that as good enough. Mm. And then any action you take is perfect because it's what you did. Mm. So good enough and perfect are past tense. They're based on what you did, what you chose. Mm. It was good enough. Oh, hey, Mark, you don't know me. So I'm going to just share with you. Here's my philosophy on life. Do you know why you do what you do? Why you've done what you did back when it wasn't perfect, back when it wasn't good? Why did you do that? Isn't that no. the question we all dread? Mm. Yeah. There's an answer for it. What is it? Did what you did and everyone does what they does, whether it's us or whether it's our kids. Mm. Because one reason and one reason only, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Mm. That's it, people. Now you don't have to ask your teenagers why they did anything. Mm, you already true. know. It seemed like a good idea to them at the time. Mm. You could ask them, what did you learn? Mm. And in that moment, you go from shame and blame to connection. Mm. Beautiful. Wow. And, yeah, we like that one. I do like that one. It's true. It's really true. It's awesome. It's awesome. And, you know, in, in the same vein, when I think about uh, what led to my suicide attempt, it, it was internal conversation and reflections about who I am and what I think I am or who I should be or who I shouldn't be or what I've done wrong or what I should do right. It was, isn't it funny how we make a literally a life um, decision on this conversation that is just fabricated from nowhere it's just meaningless and nothing and it's it's just it's it's, not, it's a non-conversation that we make decisions on right and so that's exactly what we're saying if we focus on every single day just forget the non-conversations forget how we judge ourselves let's just enjoy it embrace it and live it and your life can change in any any direction and embrace the craziness, craziness of what might come if you don't have this forever internal battle with yourself about nonsense and I won't swear but just nonsense rubbish right wait okay so I'm you don't know this about me I'm actually a mediator by training I'm a transformative mediator I can do court-ordered mediation that doesn't and surprise the, me and the only mediation I do I mediate the conversation that goes on behind your eyes and between your ears. Incredible. This is where life is lived. And if you don't get control of this, you end up in Shouldville. Mm. And this was one of the first products I ever created. It's called Leaving Shouldville. So anybody on this call who wants that Leaving Shouldville postcard, you can send a post. Mark, 
where do people go if they want to connect with you? Because leaving Shouldville, they can find anywhere. But where do people go if they want to connect with you? I know I've got links I could probably put in there, but you've mm. got a tribe. Mm. So How I have a find you. Yeah, so I have a website which is maltbonest.com.au, uh, being an Aussie. So maltbonest, B O W N E S S.com.au. Don't worry, guys, I'll translate Aussie for you. <laughs> Thank you. And on Facebook, uh, my community, webuildtribes.com. Oh, sorry, no, we build tribes on Facebook. So if you head to Facebook, just type in we build tribes, you'll find there's 33,000 people. And it's just a bunch of amazing people that really want to make a difference in the world. So it's a great positive community. Well, I have to agree with that because I just joined it when you said, when we met and we've been, we haven't met, but when we started communicating via social media and you said, yes, you'd figure it out. We'd figure it out. We'd get this recording done. I went, of course, and found you online. So I found We Build Tribes and oh my God. I mean, for the Make It A Great Day movement, for what I want to change in the world to go from 800,000 people taking their own lives, which is one every 40 seconds. And according to the World Health Organization, for every adult who dies by suicide, another 20 attempt. So now we're at one every two seconds. And that was before COVID. Mm. So I'm on a mission to shift that whole conversation. And when I connected with We Build Tribes, I'm like, this is what I need. I need a tribe. I, I'm just one person. I am the mother of a teen suicide attempt survivor. I am somebody who's slightly crazy enough to think that I can take what I've learned as far as healing arts and sales skills and human resources and turn it into something that might help people pause just long enough to believe that there's another possible outcome because all that suicide is is the decision that says that dying is the best idea at the time mm -hmm. and if we can create a movement where there's these other ideas these other possibilities then people don't have to learn how to talk themselves off a ledge they'll never walk to the ledge Mm. And that's the mission on it. And Mark, what you're doing with building tribes, mm. I just embrace wholeheartedly. I intend to build a tribe within your community awesome. of people who want to be advocates for themselves first so mm. that they can be better advocates for others. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, one very quick thing, because you said just then said about your work that you might help people to pause. And I just want to reframe that and say that you do help people to pause. So in this moment, you've really helped me to think so much, even more about what I've been through and what I've experienced. And you've helped me to think about it in a different way. I know that everybody watching this right now will be nodding their head, agreeing with me that you do help people to pause. So I want to honor that and thank you for that. And I'd also like to invite you uh, on my podcast. Um, so I have a podcast and I'd love to set that up and we'll talk about your community and the importance of your work. So I'd love to have you on my show too. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, Thank you. So for everyone watching this, 
Welcome to the show. In this case, it's teaspoons, T-S-P-S. It only takes a little bit of a change to change everything. Mary Poppins said a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So we're talking teaspoons, just tiny changes. What if it was okay to be you? Mm. What if everything you've done so far was good enough? And what if everyone you worked with were the right people for you to work with to this moment? And the moment you accept yourself as being the right person for the job, that the people around you will also step up. It all depends on what you choose. And that's why the movement is make it a great day. <clears throat> the choice is yours. So Mark, Thank you for making the choice to be on our show and making the choice to embrace life when you woke up. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an incredible opportunity. And again, I love your work and honor you for who you are. Thank you so much.